0: Hello there, Jared the Dark Jedi here. As all of you are aware, the Screen Actors Guild and the Writers Guild are both on strike. And after uh, some consideration, it has been determined that review content uh, like what is mostly, predominantly makes up uh, a lot of what we produce is still going to be um, not consider crossing the picket line and is still encouraged by uh, the Screen Actors Guild who established new terms um, additional to what was being asked to be complied with with the WGA. What we do here, the conversations we love to have with, uh, with a bunch of our friends, to have you guys, um, is not possible. The stories we love to talk about, the stories that we love, do not get made without the blood, sweat, tears, creativity, and brilliance of the writers and actors. And currently, the studios who produce The Things We Love um, are working these writers and actors to death, not compensating them appropriately, and are trying to replace them with AI. I would think it goes without saying that the Nerd Academy podcast stands staunchly with the Screen Actors Guild and the Writers Guild. And we'll be supporting them from here until the end of these strikes in whatever way that we can. There will be links in each episode description so that you are able to see how you can help, where you can help, how you can donate to uh, different funds to keep um, you know uh, food in the belly and roofs over the heads of the writers and actors who are trying to make historic change in Hollywood as we speak. This review, this discussion, this news roundup, whatever the episode may be, uh, was recorded during these strikes. And our love for the works of these writers, of these actors, will continue to be praised and discussed while they fight for their rights. And I want to implore everybody watching and listening to aid in whatever way they can. We stand in solidarity, and we ask that you do too. So, without any further ado, here's the show. Hello, hello, my friends. It is Omdo. And welcome back to the Knights of the Nerd Republic. You know what to do, and stay profitable.
1: The Nerd Academy Podcast is released weekly at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, available on our website at www.thenerdacademypodcast.com and wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find The Nerd Academy Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. You can also help support the show by going to patreon.com forward slash thenerdacademypodcast where every donation allows us to bring you more exciting content every week.
0: Hello there and welcome back to Knights of the Nerd Republic, the show where your favorite nerds talk all things about the galaxy far, far away. And I forgot how much green was on this shirt. Uh, luckily, it's not the one I have on. During our review, I was joined by the lovely Scotty Holiday to talk about Star Wars Inquisitor Rise of the Red Blade by Delilah S. Dawson. And I am very happy with the con- uh, with the conversation uh, I had with them. Very excited for you guys to hear it. Um, couple bits of programming notes. Not quite sure what my schedule is going to look like next week. So don't hold your breath for a whole lot of episodes but i'm gonna try to get them to you you know that uh but yeah i'm very excited for this review i'm not gonna do a whole lot of fluff up top but you guys know that this episode is brought to you by our lovely sponsors it's sundaysbloodymary.com they redid the website and it's looking as beautiful as ever Uh, But you guys know the drill. SundaysBloodyMary.com has the most badass Bloody Mary accoutrement in the galaxy. They have their three-time award-winning... That's the mild mix. Where's the spice at? There it is, that three-time award-winning spicy Caesar mix, uh, as well as their mild mix and their traditional mix as well. They also have... There's the traditional uh, they also have their pickled dilly beans, okra and asparagus. It looks like the dilly beans are sold out currently, as are the as is the asparagus. You guys have been listening to me. You guys, you guys know what you're supposed to do. You know, you gotta garnish that bad boy if you're feeling freaky. And I got all you freaks garnishing your bloodies with that good, good asparagus. That pickled asparagus fucking slaps. Okay. It's so good. It's so good in a bloody Mary. And listen. If you get the mix, I'll understand. If you get pickled asparagus elsewhere, for now, if you need that if you want if you haven't tried how good it is to put pickled asparagus in your bloody mary, I'll let it slide this one time if you get that pickled asparagus elsewhere. Go to like an Amish run store. That's where you're going to get the good shit, right? Mm. But it's just one time. I'll let you do it, but you need to try it and then go back through put the Sunday's Bloody Mary pickled asparagus in there. I will change your life. Okay? So get on over to SundaysBloodyMary.com slash shop. Use code TNAP, T-N-A-P at checkout. And get 10% off your favorite, or get 10% off your order. And how about your favorite nerds while you do it? Pardon me, had a hiccup there. Went away. <laughs> uh, with all that said, thank you uh, guys for watching. I really hope you enjoy the conversation uh, Scotty Holiday and I had about uh, Inquisitor Rise of the Red Blade is great. So without further ado, I will uh, give the floor to pass Jared and Scotty Holiday. And it is time finally after after uh, a couple days of uh, internet shitting out. Uh, so your your internet was giving us a hard time yesterday. Yep. The day before, my head felt like it was in a vice, <laughs> and then yesterday while your internet was going crazy and we were kind of like eh I don't know it, it'll you know we don't know how stable it'll be we'll just like you know kind of take the L for now and hope things calm down in time for your stream Uh while that was happening uh it was it, 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 all this is the force wills it to be <clears throat> my neighborhood lost power oh great <laughs> so we were we were we were without power for like uh eh, like an hour or so, which would have completely fucked us because we were on a very tight timetable before I had to go to work. So it, it, we, it, 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 everything happened the way it was supposed to. And we are finally here to talk about star Wars inquisitor rise of the red blade before we jump into that. However, Scotty, uh, a a much nicer Scotty to be talking to as opposed to the one I'm typically stuck with. Um, Tell the lovely people where they can find you and what you do, my friend.
1: Uh, so I guess I'm primarily a YouTuber. I'm supposed to start saying I'm a gamer now because after realizing how many Star Wars games I've played, I guess I'm a, I'm a YouTuber, I'm a live streamer, um, I'm a podcaster now. Uh, so I've, I've got a lot going on. Uh, the you can person find- of many hats. Yeah, pretty much. I. Who knew this is where I was going to be? I never thought I'd be streaming games on, online, but here we are. Um, and you can find me everywhere on basically all social media. There's so many now. We keep getting new ones every single day. Uh, but but everywhere, I'm at Holiday SW.
0: Yes, absolutely. Uh, if you're not following and watching or listening to Scotty, uh, you're making a grave mistake. And this is the only Scotty whom I will say that about. Um, it's just so easy. It's so easy when you have... One Scotty who is a megalomaniacal supervillain, and another one who's just cute, fun, and smart, and nice to talk to. Uh, oh my god! Who, who who isn't who isn't pathologically mean to me? Uh, that I think that's another that's that's another plus in the Scotty Holiday category, uh, you know, column.
1: Yeah, is, I would agree.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. You'll never see this. This clip gets a lot of play these days on this podcast. You'll never see Scotty Holiday doing this. <laughs> <My voice.
1: laughs> Ooh, okay. You you might see me do that. Maybe not in that getup but
0: uh <laughs> I, which is, which is the nightmare fuel the paul stanley outfit is the nightmare fuel i am convinced that if i were to walk into the dark side cave on dagaba or the cave on crate uh that i would i would be faced by paul stanley um <laughs> drawing a you know draw, drawing its own version of the dark saber to keep with the kiss theme um oh yeah is that how we do it people <laughs> uh i can't i can't terrifying (laughs) um somebody who's an artist please please make that please make that it will be it will end up on merch it will end up on merch uh me facing uh paul stanley in a dark in the dark side cave on dagobah but no um I'm super pumped to talk about this book. I was super excited when it was announced. I've made uh no secret about it. The Inquisitorious, I think might be my favorite thing about the new uh Disney era canon for Star Wars. Mm. I, you know, like obviously like there were Imperial Inquisitors in Legends that kind of, you know, popped up from time to time. But there was never a real, like, shared sense of um continuity and centrality in that like it just kind of felt like a title that was kind of thrown out there
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know like oh that's inquisitor jarek and you know it's no different than the you know <laughs> commander what's his fuck you know it's like whatever the inquisitorious within disney era star wars is so fascinating and i think yeah. is like this like amazing microcosm uh of like vader's psyche you know, like that, you can you can see so much of the shattered mind of Anakin Skywalker within the Inquisitors. Just yeah. how they operate, who they are, what they're willing to do. I think there is a lot of reflection of Vader in that. A lot of my favorite characters in the new canon are Inquisitors, from the Grand Inquisitor to Reva to uh, Trilla Sedari, the Second Sister. All of them, I think, are deeply fascinating. And again, it does not hurt that they're mostly hanging out with Darth Vader as well for me at least uh yeah. <laughs> which, which got to be they get you a couple points in my book uh is you know you end up in a story next to Vader but yeah when this story was announced i was i was giddy i was super excited um we i i i i didn't know what to expect and whenever the early reviews kind of started pouring in, I remember seeing Alex Damon, Star Wars Explains mm-hmm. uh, video talking about how there was like the, it, how it was going. It was going to tackle uh, our main character, Iskatakaris, uh her her perspective on the Clone Wars uh, from th- that, that was very, uh, very, kind of, very kind of new you know that we've 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 seen like jedi go oh i don't know about this whole fucking war thing yeah um but with iskat i don't i don't want to i don't want to like compare Iskat cars to like pong krell but like <laughs> there's a but there is a level of that like we're not doing enough and yeah. that very hardline stance um that that makes her a bit of a hard ass and i think that there's a there's a very uh nuanced approach to critiquing the Jedi in mm-hmm. this book, which I which I very much love. I know there's a lot of people who um I don't mean this in a negative sense. I know a lot of the time we say someone's projecting, it's kind of is like a gotcha or something. Might be. Uh these are <laughs> these are all my I work Saturday mornings typically alarms and it's like, hey asshole, you need to wake up. Um Good morning. Yeah good morning. Uh <laughs> I know a lot of people project uh, a lot of their religious trauma onto the Jedi. I know there are a lot of people who, who who kind of put themselves in Ahsoka Tano's shoes Mm -hmm. and look at the order as this, uh, as this like governmental religious body that strips people of their individuality and their autonomy. And while I don't agree with those interpretations, like they're still valid. And, I do like the fact that we have a piece of Star Wars media that kind of uh, – to, to steal a phrase uh, that I, I love that Alden Diaz of Radio came up with for uh, Rogue One and Andor. It kind of like runs up to the fence and shakes it, uh, but it doesn't quite hop over it, mm-hmm. uh, but it like runs up to the fence and starts shaking it of the – maybe the Jedi fucking suck. and like it doesn't it it never fully jumps the fence into the other side of the jedi fucking suck Mm -hmm. but it definitely questions yeah uh, like the, the 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 authority of the jedi and the order as a whole and i i and i appreciated that as somebody who does typically go to bat for the order in those in those conversations in those arguments um I did appreciate the, uh, the, the the tone and perspective that uh, Red Blade had while critiquing the order. And it's uh, that, something I want to expand upon when we talk about Iskat's turn to the dark side. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've, I've been rambling for a minute, Scotty. i give you the, the, the
1: <laughs> No, you, you're all good. I mean, it's funny that you mentioned... Um... Star Wars Explains video kind of talking about the book before it came out because I was excited about Rise of the Red Blade when it was announced because, like you said, it was an Inquisitor story, which we haven't gotten as far, at least in book form, we hadn't gotten like a specific inquisitor story well actually in any media because i guess some of the other ones we mentioned they weren't necessarily the main character yeah they're definitely
0: supporting characters and like really like then they're they're scene stealers and Mm -hmm. they're captivating but like they have never been like the focal point of the story yeah and what really excited
1: me speaking of alex's review of the book was the fact that it did tell the story of a scat not only through the clone wars but up into her time as an Inquisitor, because at first I was like, you know, we're just going to get her fall and then her time as an Inquisitor. But I think what really intrigued me the most was the fact that we were going to kind of see all of the inner workings of her mind on what got her from Jedi to Inquisitor, why she fell. And the craziest part about it was that I feel like it was it was so set in her mind because she'd been feeling the dark side like basically forever it seemed, these little things that would call out to her. But I'm a little spooky. So I also just like, you know, my spooky dark side stories. And I was really intrigued by the book. It's funny because I did a review of it after I read it. And the weirdest thing was, as I was saying my review at first, I was like, you know, the book was okay. I don't know if I'd read it again. And then as I was kind of talking to the camera more just about the themes, it's almost like I started understanding what the book was really about and what it was trying to say so i ended up cutting out so much of the review because it was like why well, sound like a fucking idiot here because <laughs> I, I don't i don't even like agree with what i said at the beginning of this recording because i like it started clicking in my head yeah as i was speaking you, you were making
0: it. breakthroughs as you were speaking
1: I know. And in the review, I was like, I don't know if I would read it again. But now I'm like, I kind of feel like I I need to read it again. Because now I have this new perspective of everything. And once I kind of also took Iskat's story of feeling different and wanting the freedom essentially to be herself. I was like, it's very similar to like the queer experience. I talked about in my review how like I'm in a good place now, but I've been in like dark places in the past. So while it doesn't resonate necessarily with me in my current stage of life, I'm like, Oh, but it does resonate to things that I have gone through in life, which is another reason why I'm like, damn, I need to read this book again.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, there's very much that subtext of like, there is, there is a religious institution that is trying to quote unquote, fix you Mm -hmm. and make you less that thing they don't like about you. Mm -hmm. Um, Which again, and I think I, the thing that I think is so fascinating and nuanced is that I do think the order is sincerely trying to help her. Like there isn't any, like there isn't any malice there, yeah. and that while iskat does feel slightly smothered, um, there, 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 that the 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 Jedi aren't wrong. That yeah. like, hey, we th- this is something you really need to like kind of get a handle on. But again, in the, in, which is rooted in so many stories of Jedi who turn to the dark side that you know the who does not feel the warmth of the village will burn it down to feel that warmth yeah, um uh, no. that like you have you have this character who's like i'm tired of being told what to do i'm tired of you know of you trying to repress this part of me um and again and so it's, it's one of the reasons why i love this book that they, it is it is nuanced enough to introduce that subtext mm-hmm. while also still allowing the jedi to be right and i and i and again like, like this whole book and i you know even uttering the word gray next to anything star Wars related, you know, <laughs> <it> makes me. <sighs> um, but like, this, but morally, this is a, like, there's a lot of moral gray in this book, mm-hmm. which is Agreed. something you don't typically see in like the force user centered stories. Very um, true. Because, and you know, and that's not necessarily a bad thing uh, because a lot of the time, like that is kind of the point of the force as a, you know, narrative construct is that, you know, those who walk the path of the light are willing to make sacrifice, personal sacrifices that those who walk the path of the dark side are not. And mm-hmm. the, the, the dark side will inevitably make you a vile, vile, vile piece of shit. Yeah. Um, th- th- there, there is no avoiding that. Once you give yourself over to the dark side, even somebody as, uh, you know, seemingly altruistic as a dooku will become a power hungry, fucking narcissistic lunatic. Yeah. It's, it's unavoidable. The dark side will corrupt you to your core. And it's again, like the, 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 the balls on this book. I just, it's, it makes a lot of really bold choices. Um, and I absolutely love what you're saying with that, with, with the, with the queer subtext. Um, also, I think this might be, I know, I know other Star Wars books at this point have been like, and then they fucked. Um <laughs> This was steamier than some of that stuff with the stuff between uh Tualan and Iskat. There's a lot of like, hey, I know you want to kill me,
1: I know, yeah, I, I know, like, Whoo! <laughs> I know, and it was it was also the fact that like they were all in like rich in the dark side at the time, too, so yeah. it was like extra fiery, yeah,
0: that like, yeah, yeah, it's that like it's. It's that like feral villains fucking, yes. Dynamic, you know. It's like it's like uh, I, I okay. I I have not watched much Buffy, but I've watched all of Angel multiple times. Okay. It's like those scenes where you get the flashbacks to his Angelus days.
1: Oh, where like
0: yeah. everybody is that like evil horny, that is just cartoonishly where like everybody has their vampire faces on and they're like, you want to fuck so I can bite you like. it's it's it 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 felt like that um with a little a a, a lot more uh tact oh my god i love that comparison yeah that's what it felt like it was that like you know darla and angel just like practically drooling on each other um because they're just they're just so evil horny
1: um i just love that i know exactly what you're talking about because i'm also a buffy stan and i've seen some <laughs> angels so like this is a great parallel
0: <laughs> thank you thank you i i hope i hope this makes its way to uh uh chase and molly as well yes um, but no and i do think iscat is uh with her dynamic with the order as a whole I th- I find it fascinating because you you brought up you brought up the spooky thing. One of the notes I took was that there's a version of this story uh, that is a straight up horror book. There was a version of this story where you, where you and eventually, and I, I took a note where it's like, well, it's a horror story now, um, but it's it is eventually kind of it kind of starts to feel like one. Yeah. But this whole dynamic of Iscat having this like latent force potential. Like, you know, and, and and that's the thing. Like there are some some characters, some Star Wars, uh, you know, force users just like, you know, it's I've always talked about it like this weird bell curve
1: mm-hmm. of
0: like, you know, so you sometimes, you know, like normally you have your your Obi-Wan Kenobi's who are like, yeah, force sensitive and through training and being, you know, studious and dedicated to uh to, to Jedi philosophy and practice and practice. Mm hmm. He becomes incredibly powerful, but it's not because he like was born like low-key, a force god. Yes, juxtaposed no, I... to like an Anakin Skywalker who just is born with this immense potential, or Ray, or you know who who are ju- who are just show up like oh I'm like incredibly fucking powerful.
1: They were born that way, baby.
0: Yeah, they were born that way. <laughs> Cue the Gaga. Um, but yeah they they were just born that way and then they, and then they become like a, a fucking you know force of nature when they you know start to train and you know focus that power something mm-hmm. anakin never bothers to do it's you know that that talent versus skill uh, yes. paradigm Iscat is remarkably powerful and is putting in and because she accidentally injures her friend in training is kind of put into a box where that power just kind of lays dormant while she's training in other respects and is never able to truly like give it her all. And she ends up doing something uh, that, you know, I, I, I had a conversation with some friends the other night talking about Kylo Ren. And I think this kind of applies to her only. It's not so much like a lightsaber thing so much as it's just like her force abilities about how like baseball players will like do resistance training by like practice by practicing swinging a bat in a swimming pool. Oh, okay. Makes sense. Is that like, because you know, you're, you're just putting your full force behind it and that resistance, the water is giving you is making Mm -hmm. you like, you know, is, is training your muscle memory to go harder with that, that when you're actually at the plate, when you go to do that swing, you're swinging, like you're still underwater. Yeah. And, when when you connect pow, you know um is it with iscat like she kind of started like doing force training like she was swinging a baseball bat underwater and the moment it's like okay it's time for you to use the force combatively it's not yeah. just sensibilities it's not just low level telepathy it's not just these these you know very very Meditation. minor meditations meditations <laughs> you know Uh, which it's not, it's not just these like low level things that like, Oh, this is useful while we're like hunting down artifacts and whatever bullshit. It is like, okay, it's time. It's time to like cut loose a little bit. And, you know, like give yourself a little bit of slack to, to throw hands. Now she has that. She's just a fucking freight train, you know, like she's, she's just, she's just this like walking, you know, like spinning razor blade of carnage on Geonosis. Yeah. um which, uh, you know, it's it's her kind of like letting that out, and that first taste that because she has been so repressed, and they went so, and they kind of, and the Jedi overcorrected so aggressively. She's mm-hmm. now in this box of every time I draw my lightsaber, I fuck people up. Yeah, like, and it, it's not like a oh yeah, you know, you gotta you gotta do what you gotta do. It's I fuck people up. <laughs> There's no, yeah. you know, and it is it, it's 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 just holding her back so much it just kind of explodes out of that box and i again this is one of those very interesting choices to have her begin this kind of descent in that very i gotta protect my friend's way because it, it is very star wars but the way yeah. it's framed is like she she gets shamed for it in a way i don't see other star wars characters typically kind of catch flack for it like people will shake their head at her you know like we see ahsoka get kind of admonished at times for cutting loose in the clone wars Mm -hmm. but it's normally like a hey chill yeah and then and then nobody ever talks about it again the war is over the jedi have been have been you know genocided across the galaxy and like the jedi she runs into are still like you were fucking crazy on geonosis
1: i know like that's their only the only thing they think of her is just you're that violent girl like who's unhinged who can go crazy at any moment
0: yeah and it's very much that mentality of like you do you if you want a monster i will give you a monster Mm-hmm. and she 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 gets whittled away at so uh surgically to bring that uh th- those worst elements of herself out that you know and it goes to what i think is one of the most fascinating twists about the book is the idea that sidious hand-picked some of the first inquisitors
1: i know i know it as soon as he was brought in, and it was like, "Can you escort the the chancellor to the chambers?" And I was like, "He's going to
0: sprinkle some little like, oh, girl, I see you." And I thought it was just going to be foreshadowing for her becoming an inquisitor. Because yeah. again, that was one of the notes I took. I was like, the last fucking person Iskaticar should be left in a room with is Chief Palpatine. Yes, this is the last fucking person she needs to be left in a room with. And I, and again, I'm like, oh well, you know that you know his like this this will come back later after she is like inquisitor pilled right um and then he's like and then order 66 happens and they're like yeah uh kill the kill the twi'lek not her and i'm like whoa yeah i i I think that is so fascinating i want to know like i want i want more star wars inquisitor books like just because yeah just because of that, I want to see how everybody got recruited. yeah oh, for sure. Like, for sure. especially Grand Inquisitor. Especially yeah. Grand Inquisitor. I think, you know, Delilah Dawson has said in both her interviews on Star Wars Explained and on Octo Radio that there's, like, stuff she had to leave on the cutting room floor. Yeah. Because Lucasfilm was like, we have plans for that. Please don't put anything in the book about that. Um and I am just hoping and praying that like there is a book or a comic or something. I don't fuck like a like a like an Adobe Flash game. I don't give a damn <laughs> about the Grand Inquisitor because I want to know so much more about him. Mm-hmm. And I I I am very curious like what this recruitment process was like. That Sidious was like you know just by chance going oh yeah you don't like this either. Yeah. Put your name down real quick and he was just the testing end. the
1: waters with people. He was like, Oh, I see you. Oh, you're mad at the council? And he like makes a mental note. Yeah. He probably goes back to his office and he's like, Escata
0: Karis. Yeah. <laughs> possibilities. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Question mark. Um <laughs> uh, I well th- there's that. And there's also like, you know, there's this there's this fun moment, you know, where if you've read Star Wars Brotherhood, you get another character who was in the room's perspective on like that end mass knighting ceremony. Mm-hmm. Right. And as, as cool and enraptured by that as I wanted to be, because I loved star Wars brotherhood. I think it might be a top five star Wars novel for me. Um, I was, I could not get over. The fact that like Anakin Skywalker and Iskatakaris were in the same room and we as the reader know Right. You yeah. two are gonna have a lot more in common than you wish you did. I know. And it's it is it is so tragic, it is so foreboding having them just stand in the same room together. I mean, yeah, and it's funny because for me, I don't know what it is.
1: I feel like they're both of their falls are similar but also vastly different in a sense i don't know if you feel that way but the whole time i was reading the book i was like i don't know it was just like i was like it's like anakin but she's also so much different than anakin in a sense
0: i think the thing that like really fuses their falls together for me and I t- I took multiple notes about this as well, and it's something that stop talking to me, robot. Um, <laughs> it's it's so and you know and granted, whenever when you're a hammer, everything looks like a nail. But like my fascination with like you know the the radical online right and like the 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 process of radicalization mm-hmm. in particular is that like I'm I I'm watching two different flavors of the same approach to radicalizing a youth happen. Where is that like, Oh, the institutions around you have failed you. You're alone. You're isolated. You're angry at authority. You don't quite know what to do with those feelings. Mm -hmm. Well, then do I have the ideology for you?
1: Um,
0: Where it, it like, yeah, you're watching in the same way that like Anakin is this poster child for like, isolated privileged white men who lose their fucking minds <laughs> you know where yeah. it's like where where it's like you have like legitimate feelings of isolation um and don't know how 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 to how to make that coexist with the privilege you've lived your life having with the privilege that people around you have told you you have mm-hmm. and you have like legitimate trauma and you have in legitimate ways been oppressed but you still have like, but there, you you still live with an amount of privilege that others don't, um, and how that type of person could just have their brain melted uh, by the right piece of shit fascist uh, whispering in their ear. Yeah, Is is more in that realm of, you know, the institutions around you are failing you, mm-hmm. and you're being told something that you. Just to your core, don't agree with by the people mm-hmm. in power. Well, what if I told you all of the, you know, it's it's very, you know, Pleasure Island like fucking Pinocchio shit. Oh my god! Where it's like, you know, do you just do, do, do you just want to do exclusively the thing you've been told not to do? Yeah. Do you exclusively yeah. just want to do what you were told not to do? Come on down to NER. Oh, um, you know where <laughs> <or>, uh, <laughs> and. That you know, but that's the that 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 that's kind of the sales pitch, you know? Like for Anakin, it is the oh, you're isolated, nobody will listen to you. Um but at its core it's still that this institution has failed you. Let me offer you a worldview that not only will let you strike back at that institution that scorned you, but will also give you all of the freedom you've ever wanted from it.
1: Yeah, and it's it's crazy too because it's change shit <laughs> uh, that's true but it's like they they had these it was basically in this book it was you know you're thinking of certain things you need to repress those emotions and meditate on them it's almost like a pray the gay away situation where it's like meditate the dark side away but yeah. it's like these specific tools that you're giving people they don't work for everybody yeah and we saw that with anakin we see that with the scat And it's like you you they needed a personalized experience. And as we've kind of already talked about, they had no outlet to put these feelings and emotions anywhere. It was just, and the moment they
0: do, they come unglued. Yeah. You know, you have two, you have two Jedi who, when those lightsabers turn on are liable to turn into like violent sociopaths. Oh yeah. You know, again, like Anakin Skywalker's, you know, violent, Tendencies are well documented at this point. Oh, yes. Um, and the way that, like, Iscat just kind of like very privately is like, I love killing. Yeah. She's like, it's the only thing I'm good at. That's yeah. Best at. Yeah. And, and, and it is, oh, and it is so deeply tragic that you have somebody who just was not helped. She's like, oh, like, like she, she is just, again, a talented, a talented swords being, a talented fencer. Yeah. Who just, nobody takes her aside to help her home that, you know, there is this, there is this dedication to like, Oh, well she had this outburst. So now what we need to do is overcorrect it to the point where she's just fucking Joe Costa new.
1: Oh God. That is the
0: only way to like, that is the only way to fix her brain. And speaking of Joe Costa, the fuck is up with her? Like (laughs) that was, you know, that, that very like particular level of petty bitchiness.
1: I know. As soon as she's
0: like, "Oh, you don't want to work in the library?" Well, eh, never mind. Don't speak to me again. Yeah. Eventually. I so un Jedi like and just so deeply disappointing, you know? Where it's like, <sighs> "Y'all are better than this," you know? Like she I don't is
1: snooty.
0: Like is cat is summation, like the perspective we get on Mace Windu is one thing. Cuz like he's he's a stuffy taskmaster of a leader. You know, I, I make no bones about it. I think Jedi, uh, Jedi Master Mace Windu is one of the greatest The Order has ever seen. Uh, I put him very high on a pedestal. and But I can also understand that if you're like 15, 16, 17, and you've spent your entire life being told you're basically bad at being a Jedi, why you may not fuck with Mace Windu. <laughs> yeah because like, mace windu don't fuck with you either yeah like i get it <laughs> i understand why maybe just maybe is does not like mace windu and maybe just maybe mace windu has a propensity and i'm not saying again that like is cat being driven away from the Jedi being driven to the dark side uh, is justifiable Uh, that Mace Windu at this point is batting a thousand for like vibe checking Jedi and going something right here. Now part of that. Something ain't right is the institution you're a part of Um, Mm -hmm. and, and the, and the kind of uh, organizational decay that is at play in the, in the clone war era. But yeah. Uh, Mace, Mace knows what the fuck he's talking about. Um, well, the decay is apparent just in the fact that
1: Scott's like, I'm going to put on the act and do everything they tell me to do just so I can go on a mission. It's like yeah. they should have they should have seen through that, but they're so focused on the war and being yeah. generals. And it's like...
0: Well, it's that quote for the Revenge of the Sith novel, that whole, like, you know, the the Clone War was the greatest Jedi trap. Because no matter what they did, they would lose. Yeah, for sure. You know, and that like if because if if you if you despite all efforts from the Separatists and Palpatine from on high, like just straight up win the war, Order Sixty Six happens. Yeah. And if if the Separatists themselves win the war, so many Jedi have died at this point, do you even need to fucking do Order Sixty Six? Um, you know, like there, there's, there's no outcome short of them putting together the plot, uh, which they come so close to every time, but then it oh falls my God, apart. I know. You know, they, I know. it is, it is the perfect Jedi trap. So, and it, and it fast tracks that institutional rot that, you know, lets people like Iscat and Anakin slip through the cracks.
1: Mm-hmm. Because they're like, they're good at what they do. Like when they're on the battlefield, they're great. They get the job done, but they're not doing it in the way that they're supposed to. It's their only, that's, that becomes their outlet.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It becomes like therapy by way of combat. And, you know, and I would even, I would even like slightly push back on like a, the way they're supposed to. It's just like the, that they're, from a young age, they are like kind of kept at arm's length and told that like what they're like, like they're doing Jedi stuff wrong for so long that they try their best to like construct this like simulacrum of what a Jedi is supposed to be, and that you know by the time that they're old enough for them to have considerable agency, they have given up on the idea of actually doing right by the Order and doing right by themselves that, like, now you're actively making horrible decisions. And that's another thing that I love is that, like, Iscat, like, the book does not make excuses for Iscat. It is very much like a, you see how we got here,
1: mm-hmm. but
0: she also makes choices that, yeah. you know, make her vile. You know, uh, like, Delilah Dawson brings up, like, what she does with Ithikha's daughter.
1: Oh, yeah. You know, that, that like, was... Mm. I was like, girl, that was a choice. Yeah. Well, a and, mean ass choice.
0: And for me, like I have not as much, I, I've i wanted to, and I've never gotten around to doing it. I've never gotten, <coughs> pardon me. I've never gotten a chance to sit down and read the Charles Sol Vader stuff.
1: Neither you have know, I. Like, it's okay.
0: Like <laughs> I know, like I know the broad strokes. I know the moment stuff. I like, I know that like he fights and kills Eth Koth. And like, I know that Iskat shows up in this. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't like. I, like, I, like again, like I knew he fought and killed Eith Koth.
1: Yeah. and I
0: remember that Ethcoth's child is involved in some way. I didn't know about the scene that is straight up ripped from the comic. Yeah, like down, like down to like you know the dialogue yeah. of you know Iskat kidnapping baby Coth, but like well, it's it, it, is, it is it is reprehensible and. You know, it's and it's juxtaposed with this moment in the book uh, that that it comes right after because it's the epilogue that the book's ending is her kind of like having a showdown with these two personifications of the order and how it failed her. Yeah, you know, which 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 again puts us as the reader in this weird place because we've grown so attached to Iskat that we're like almost rooting for her to like, you know, force choke this mean girl to death. I know that girl.
1: Oh, she got under my skin. You I know? didn't like her at all.
0: And you want her, you want to see her out fence the, the man who taught her to fight with two blades. Like it's, it's intense, you know? And I, I it puts the reader in a really weird position. And I, I think it was very bold. and I loved it. I mean,
1: you mentioned and you're saying you were rooting for her to outfence him is that correct
0: i mean i kind of ended up at that point yeah like i was I I, I I was getting i was i was i was really conflicted in that scene cuz like as somebody who's like been following iscat i'm like okay like this is your moment to really you know you know throw some ass here and and kick this guy's teeth in i was like i wanted to i wanted to see her kick some ass and by the same token, I'm like, and I can't remember the, the Jedi Master's name off the top of my was head. Was it Master Ume? Ume, I think that's right. Answers? That sounds right. Um, is that like he's trying? But I also like, I'm the like, part of me is like, Iscat, like, like you can stop this. Like you can, like you can. You that can, was you can, me. You can stop. And I was that like, was I was me like me the whole time. And I was like, you can stop. But every time Ume opens his mouth. It's, the, it's, it, and she says it, it's these fucking platitudes. Yeah. It's never an admission of wrongdoing. It's it, never yeah. a moment where he goes, hey, we failed you. We failed you. And because Ooh. the stakes are so high, because the stakes are so high when training a force sensitive, that when we as teachers fuck up, the end result can be a Jedi hunter. Yeah, we fucked up. We did wrong by you.
1: I didn't even think of the fact if he would have said like we failed you, she probably would have broken down in that moment. She probably would have fell to her knees and cried. Yeah, I probably would have.
0: We failed you. We failed your mother. We fucked up, and so many like and 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 it's something that like will will stretch all the way out to the sequel trilogy, you know people people love to be like oh luke's jedi order fell apart at the seams yeah you know why because the people he learned from were like two paragons of the order during the clone wars who never truly understood why things fell apart Mm -hmm. i don't think obi-wan or yoda ever kind of took the time to go we failed we as an order fell apart at the seams and it doesn't justify, you know, I, I know there's a lot of people like to go, oh, like the Jedi, like the Jedi Order reached a fail state and that's why they got annihilated. No, you know, there, you know, like those two things, they, they're related to each other. But it's not a direct directly causal thing. Mm-hmm. The villains just took advantage of the fact that the Order was disintegrating. Once we get to the last Jedi we see Luke Skywalker who's like, "Oh my god, like the order is like the order is to blame in many ways for Vader, not solely, not entirely, it does not take the blame off of uh Anakin or the emperor." Yeah. But like the the rot uh, in the core of the Jedi at that time lends itself to the creation of Darth Vader. And I'm just sitting there like, "Ume" Just take the L. Fall on your sword. Own what happened. Stop making it about Iskat's personal failure because yes, she made decisions. She she chose a lot of what is happening now. Yes. It was choices made by the people who were like charged with like carrying her through her life. Well, they
1: didn't help her. Exactly didn't help her so of course she was frustrated and when she gets to the point to like basically go back at them honestly i don't condone violence but i would probably be in the same boat if i yeah. was a jedi because like I said I've dealt with dark shit in my life and if not given the resources to deal with it I would not be the person that I am currently unless the thing she wasn't given the resources and it was like you said earlier here's this other thing that you can be where you get to do all the things you were told that you are not allowed to do of course you're going to choose that and like the whole time and I said this in my review I was just like damn I just want to give a scat hug and be like girl you're valid yeah. I see you like it is okay but no she didn't get any of that and that's why she ended up the way she ended
0: up yeah no no one was able to talk her off a ledge and you know i think that the thing that i love about how this book tackles the dark side and tackles the inquisitorious is that a lesser writer would have let Iscat turn to the dark side and it'd be like, I love being evil. Like she just would have turned into like <laughs> carnage, you know, where like, it's just like, I love being evil and being evil makes me happy. And, you know, yeah. and, or I already made a I made a joke about a symbiote. They were like fucking Eddie in Spider-Man three. Like I like, or it's like, you know, I like, I like being mean. It makes me happy or whatever, like silly line he has before he kills Harry Osborne. <laughs> um, that like a lesser writer would have let it just be that and to quote yeah. s dawson you've traded one boss for another you've traded you've traded one you know dynamic that is like deeply repressive for another that yeah you get to live out your most violent wantonly destructive fantasies short that compassion that camaraderie you did have with the jedi that is a cardinal sin here. Yeah.
1: She was just you all looking
0: serve the emperor. You all serve Vader. And you dad, th- those are the only people you fucking care about. And the grand inquisitor. And it's just
1: like, as she walks around the halls of the Inquis- inquisitorious headquarters, she's, she even mentions like this person sucks. They don't want to talk to me. I'm looking around and wishing I could just say hi to people. And it's like, nobody wants to talk to each other. The only thing they want to do is fight each other in the pit and like come out on top and that's really sad too it's like like you said she gets to live out her violent fantasies but she it's like she loses the human connection which even though she still struggled with that during her time in the jedi she still had you know two lawns she had one person she could be close to and even
0: even if when the jedi dropped the ball like again they still cared about her like i think that like at its core like you know the path to hell is paved with good intentions Maybe you know, maybe Mace Windu had was 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 mean to her, um, as people are off to complain about. Well, um, you know, like may, maybe Windu was a bit abrasive. Maybe her master was a little bit uh, distant. You know, like again, maybe, 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 maybe. But at the end of the day, they fucking cared about her, they and did. they wanted to do right by her. They didn't realize they were fucking up because they were all just so dedicated to like, like, like managing appearances for the order. But like they wanted to help her. And in a time where I and, and, and I think that, again, in this like very Pollyanna, you know, the Jedi figure out the Emperor's conspiracy and, you know, whatever that like is in after things calmed down is kind of taken aside and is like, hey, we we need to help you you know i in the same way that i'm sure anakin you know after getting chewed out for the whole i've been married this whole time thing gets some type of okay we 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 just dodged a bullet here maybe we need to reevaluate some things yeah i would like i would like to think in that other world iskat got a little bit more of a hands on helping um but they wanted to help her Whereas the Inquisitorius yeah. is just like, hey, we're going to take the worst parts of you and just make it who you are. You know, Iskat, you know, lives this life of the only thing I'm good at is fighting and killing. Trilla le- lives this life of, you know, I was scorned, I was abandoned, and therefore, and nobody in this galaxy is decent, and I will, I will, I will, I will drive the blade, my blade, through the heart of the very idea. Of anybody acting with any uh, ounce of altruism, <clears throat> you know, Ninth Sister has this whole "life is pain" outlook. Yeah, it, like, it, like it is just the Inquisitorius taking the worst of these people and blowing it up to a thousand and making it only who they are.
1: I mean, you talked about radicalization
0: earlier, and that's pretty much exactly what that is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, fuck. Look at look at how Vader jumps them in like that. I was, I was uh that that's my thoughts on that whole segment uh, that's, all, that's all i'm gonna say <laughs> um, i love again like it, it just makes it feel like this like horrifying mix of a right-wing militia and a cult let's just let's like, well, like just let like, just like a cult cult of like it's like you know vader like okay you got to get jumped in now try to kill me Try to kill me. Try, try to kill me. And then you're like, oh, that's why almost everybody in the Inquisitorius is walking around with some type of prosthesis. Because Vader was like, you don't know, like, like, because this is the best way to dehumanize you is to quite literally replace parts of you with machinery. Oh, because that's, that's what sad. they did to me. That's what they did to me. I'm not a person anymore. I'm all metal. You hear me when I breathe, I sound like a machine. I'm going to make you part machine to strip you of your humanity, to make you a killing machine just like me. Yeah, they just That is so deeply fucked up. <laughs>
1: they prey on their they prey on their trauma.
0: Yeah. And create more of it as in the most like personalized way they possibly can. You know, and like, and I'm like, hey, Iskat, good job, like, not straight up losing the fight to Vader. He I, crushes your arm, but at least you didn't need a new one.
1: Yeah. But one of the weirdest things, too, about Iskat and talking about to her time in the Inquisitors and kind of like getting into it is the fact that it's almost like she's also still fighting to fight who and hold on to who she was, at least that's how I took it with the whole name thing, where she was like, I haven't accepted my name yet. Like, I'm an Inquisitor, cool, I went on my mission, but I haven't accepted my name yet. And it was, and it was like, she was being torn too, when she realized it. Yeah, she got to live out her violent fantasies. But she was like, but I'm not really, I don't have any friends anymore. Like, yeah. I don't want to just kill people and hunt like there's more to life than that it's like girl unfortunately this is this is the choice that you made because people failed you so you felt like this was the best option and something i even said is it's like uh, and like delilah dawson said with you traded one boss for another it's not like she necessarily got the freedom that she wanted that she wanted while she was in the Jedi. She didn't really get it when she was in the inquisitorious, she got to go visit her family, which I love that whole segment Oh yeah. and, and how she kind of became a different person almost while she was around them and kind of got back to who she really was at her core that she'd kind of lost as she had given into like the dark side, essentially. And it was all, it was weird seeing those kind of shifts, um, between her humanity and just her like vile evil. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think like another part of it is that, you know, once, once the emperor was like, Oh, okay. it <laughs> has got cars. Um,
1: the red skin girl.
0: The, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, red Redskin girl with a funky hair. Um, it, like you know, on top of again, you know, people failed you, so you're going to feel you're going to be primed to be, you know, taken advantage of and manipulated. There's also this element of him like employing that one technician that he then sends oh, in yeah. to like and start picking apart at her for me, please, you know, yeah, like that something like that, like that is like again, like she didn't like as much as she made the choice she also was like being primed for it and being you know uh groomed to do it uh you know by the actual bad people um hmm, uh crazy Imagine how that word that. means fucking nothing anymore um it's almost like it's wild projection from certain people anyway <laughs> uh there that you see her like and again i, I to, to make a legends connection like there is very much that when she when she killed I can't remember the droid technician's name now. Hezo? Hezu? Hezo sounds right. That's how I think that's how they said it in the audiobook. Whenever she kills Hezo, there's this like it felt like in um it felt like when Darth Malgus killed his lover in Legends, where it was that like, you know, the last the last part of me that isn't fully entrenched in the dark side is the part of me that loves you. Um which, like you can unpack all of that uh, at your own leisure. Um, but like that whole idea of her learning the worst lesson, I think, the most important lesson about being an inquisitor, was that inability to trust anyone. yeah, and that when you know she she may not have like been like permanently mutilated by Vader. You know, she, but she had her ability to truly trust and engage with somebody permanently just gored. Yeah. By learning that he had the entire time been a mole for the emperor and then killing him. I mean, he, he unfortunately was her only outlet. Yeah. He was the only person
1: that she felt like she could go to, which is sad. That that was who she felt like she could go to. Basically someone who was a, a failed Jedi. You yeah, know what I mean? <sighs> that just sucked. And then, yeah. And then finding out that he was somebody who was there to only coax her further to be disillusioned and turn her basically to the dark side to become an Inquisitor. I probably would have been pissed too. And I probably would have been like, hey, asshole, remember all that bullshit? that you did when I thought you were trying to be nice to me and you were just doing it to groom me. Fuck you.
0: Goodbye. Yeah. Um, I mean, and again, like it is one of those moments. Where it's like, I can totally understand why you did this, but like, damn, yeah. you know, you, you, you can just see that it is everything, <laughs> you know, that like, like it was what they wanted to happen to her. And yeah. it is so unfortunate, you know, that 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 characters who are characters who turn to the dark side like this, it happens. It, it you know, like like a Vader or a Kylo Ren, you know, it it is this mix of the people around me failed me, and it primed me to be taken advantage of.
1: Well, yeah, that's exactly by, what it is. They're taken advantage of. They're and, hurt.
0: It's it's never not tragic. I, I like I will I will never not be heartbroken for these characters. You know, mm-hmm. like uh, like a like a Malgus, uh, uh, a Darth Bane. You know, like they're they're forces of nature. You know, they are people who believe in the cause. Anakin Skywalker, Iskaticaris, Ben Solo, they were they felt like they had nowhere to go. It doesn't, it does. Again, they had agency. They, they, they made those decisions and can't like you, you, I don't, I don't think it is ra- uh, reasonable to wash away the decisions they made, mm-hmm. but like those decisions weren't made in a vacuum. Then you, they didn't get there um, accidentally or by their own volition fully. Yeah. I uh, mean, they so were tragic.
1: They were done dirty by the institutions that were supposed to be there to help them become yes. the best versions. Well, I mean, I don't even know if you could say the Jedi were making the Jedi the best versions of themselves that they could be. But like, that's what these people needed.
0: Yeah, I mean, they were resting on their laurels of the High Republic. Um, you know that that's my that's my big thing. You know, I I know a friend of the show, Eli from uh, Star Wars in a Galaxy, who mm. has a question for the Q and A segment. Um, you know, I, he and I always get into, get into it over this, but like, I, like, I, people love to put all this blame at Mace Windu's feet. I put it all of, I moved that a half an inch to the left to Yoda's feet. You know, I think that in Yoda, you have somebody who like, you know, the buck stops with you as the grandmaster, first of all. Um, but I think Yoda rested on the laurels of, you know, no matter what no matter what happens in phase 3 of the high republic like we know the jedi order does not is not defeated mm-hmm. you know you know that the jedi order is still standing and is and, and and that the republic and the order are like this now like it's not just hey shit's getting crazy could you help us you know, it is not that there is like a part of the Republic that is dedicated to like aiding the Jedi and the Jedi aiding, like, like there's not, there's not this like humanitarian wing that is designed to, you know, do whatever. Is your, you are like our military police force now. And whatever, whatever happens by the end of phase three of the high Republic, like Yoda, it gets to rest on his laurels of going, we defeated the Nile. We are still standing. The Republic is stronger than it's ever been. The order is stronger than it's ever been. And we did it and are just going to coast on that for a couple hundred years. And it's that greatest generation, you know, very, uh, very, very, you know, like the, the history is over mentality yeah. from the 90s. You know, we, we've we've beaten history. No more history will ever happen again. That is the mentality I think a lot of the Jedi of that era had. And a lot of it, I think, came down from on high uh,
1: from Yoda. The galaxy changed around them, but they did not change. And it's kind of like, you know, old people get stuck in their ways. Yoda is like 800 years old at this point or 900, whatever. He's
0: pushing 900.
1: (laughs) So he's definitely stuck in his ways along with the fact that the galaxy changed, but the Jedi did not. They they didn't change yeah. to be in the world that they were now in.
0: I would I would even go so far as to say that the Jedi changed in the opposite direction. Oh. Okay. I would go so far as to say is that like there was a I think that something happened when they became fully incorporated into the Galactic Republic. That like you lost that chivalric knight hero to save the day. Like like something something was lost yeah between no, it's me the high republic and the prequel era i don't and i don't i can't quantify it i cannot quantify it i cannot put my finger on it you know i know it when i see it i know it i know it when i'm reading a high republic book like that thing that the jedi don't have in the prequels as much something changed there and it was on yoda's watch you know yep. and again that does not mean yoda or the jedi are responsible for their own extermination i hate that interpretation i think it is it, i i think it is Uh, frankly a little harmful (laughs) to 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 put the entire burden on them uh but it is institutional rot that was the uh the primary vehicle for their annihilation uh that palpatine saw and took advantage of and that's how we that's how we end up with tragedies like that of his catacars right but uh rip indeed um (laughs) Scotty, do you have any other thoughts before we jump into uh, some questions here?
1: I think my final thought in general with the book is it was just sad that, you know, we didn't talk anything about Scott's mother or anything in that part of the story. That's and, true, yeah. And the only thing I want to say about that is I almost, it's so sad in the fact that even in Scott's master's death, she was like, Iskatt's just like you, you know, talking to Iskatt's mother, Feyra, And then it's almost like Iskatt kind of had a similar fate because the Jedi failed her like they failed her mother. Yeah. Oof. But her mom, she also needed a big hug.
0: She also, yes, very much so. And like that, oh, man. I think that one of the, 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 the most upsetting parts with her mother is that like could the jedi have done more perhaps i think there also is very much a situation of like i'm not going to say beyond saving i I don't i don't mean it like that but that like there's a level of like she was dealing with things and dealing with problems that were like beyond just being a jedi yeah for sure and you know and that like yeah like like anybody being in the room to help her would have helped Mm -hmm. period but like iscat has nobody as has has nothing else but hatred for the jedi that that the death of her mother is a hundred percent at their feet you know that is just like even that it's like, even like ISCAT loses the, like, the, the, the clarity of vision to see that, like, this is not their fault. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, but how, how, how do you look a child in the eye and tell them that? Yeah. You know? Especially, especially with how incensed they are. Um, but yeah. Um, oof. That that warning at the beginning of the episode got me, or at the beginning of the book. Got me did you cry? Cause I cried after yeah. I read it. Yeah. I, I cried after I heard it. Um, oh, cause this is the yeah. audio book. Uh, so I was like, <sighs> okay. Um, uh, <Yeah. laughs> that, that took me aback. Um, but if we are ready, we're going to hop into the Q and a segment here. Hell yeah. First one from the lesser Scotty. Uh, his tweet reads good morning princess which uh has watched bombadcast for context on that uh do you think they will utilize rupert friend as the grand inquisitor in other live action star wars projects i fucking hope so i loved him and kenobi i i don't want to say he was underutilized i do i do think there could have been some more grand inquisitor i would have liked to have seen obi-wan and uh quizzy square up with each other um yeah for sure. But, but Rupert Friend just brought that role to life. I I absolutely love I absolutely love his Grand Inquisitor. Um and it's like and it's funny because like there's there's Rupert Friend does an amazing job as a Grand Inquisitor, and then there is Rupert Friend, like is so I don't know if it was intentionally funny or not as the Grand Inquisitor oh, as well. Hello. <laughs> hello, third sister. Oh uh, this is just <laughs> fucking hysterical. Especially yeah. coming off the coming off of Vader just piecing her up like nothing.
1: Yeah, then it was we, hilarious.
0: It's like like you know like oh like oh you're 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 freaking out. It's such a crazy moment for Riva and Vader alike. Oh my god! And then just he just hello, um, and, the, and, the,
1: and, and then and then, then the
0: face he makes in the finale. Yeah, uh, just iconic. I I want more Rupert Friend for both the memes and because I do sincerely love him as the Grand Inquisitor. Yeah, I mean, I enjoyed
1: him a lot too once I got over the fact that he looked kind of like a uh, volleyball. Um <laughs> I, I was like this performance is fun and I like it and I'd like to see it again. We've already talked about we want more inquisitor stories and I would have loved I would have loved to see Obi-Wan duel an in inquisitor to begin with, but that's a whole other point. Yeah. But I'd like to, I'd like to see him again in something and I think he would do well. I think he would only do better. Um, because he's already stepped into the role. He kind of found who that character is. Let him go further with it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I agree with you completely. I think I think the longer you give Rupert Friend to ruminate with that character, the more he's going to bring to it, mm-hmm. which excites me. Um, question from uh, Michael McCoy of All Remaining Systems. Uh, skip ahead a little bit. Perhaps this is going to be a spoiler for Ionized Bastards, a Star Wars RPG show, the one I'm always talking about and plugging. Uh, So I guess, spoiler to give Michael's uh, question some context, Fabian Martell is revealed in episode four of Ionized Bastards to be an ex-Inquisitor. One who is on the run, uh, who... um, the early days of his time as an inquisitor uh, was kind of like unclear to me, other than how he got captured by the empire. Um, Michael asked, How did this book influence your thoughts on the story of Fabian Martel and what ca- head canons about the Inquisitorius changed for you? Um, for me, uh, and I mean, the, the second part, Scotty, goes for you as well. Mm-hmm. Um, for Fabian, um, I kind of decided retroactively that Fabian probably has a cybernetic arm, um, because he probably you know in the in the jumping in process with Vader. Uh, I also don't think that Fabian was handpicked by the Emperor. I think uh, I've I've talked about this like off air to Michael. Um, Fabian, and it, it's it's kind of a byproduct of the fact that right after our first episode was recorded of Ionized Bastards fabian uh because i talk about like fabian's lightsaber uh hilt and i was trying to tease it as clearly being half of an inquisitor lightsaber but that he modified like the weird like half ring thing to Mm -hmm. kind of be like a basket hilt and like a handguard Mm -hmm. and i described that a few weeks later ionized bastards comes out the first episode and then the next day we get um, the cover art for the first two issues of The Blade.
1: Mm, yeah.
0: And I'm like, motherfucker, Porter Angle has Fabian Martell's lightsaber. <laughs> so I like started retroactively kind of like like in my head and I have notes on this for Fabian for season two of Bastards when we start recording it. Is it like Fabian kind of looked up to Porter Angle? And saw Porter Angle as this, like, paragon of, like, what a Jedi protector is supposed to be. And because of that, like, took up Form 2, you know, in the same way that, like, Dooku was like this, like, this just feels like my heritage as a Jedi taking up Form 2 feels right. Um, Mm -hmm. Fabian kind of did the same thing because he, like, wanted to be like Porter Angle. Um, And that after his uh, escape, for lack of a better term, from the Inquisitorius he redesigned his lightsaber to kind of pay homage to, uh, Porter. But, um, no, I don't think he was hand selected by the emperor. Um, I think he was very much in the Trilla camp, um, or the two camp of, they were like, Oh, Hey, we, we caught a Jedi, you know, this one isn't dead. Uh, let's, let's, let's break him. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, I think I think Fabian was like uh, successfully broken. I think that he, uh, I think he lost one of his arms uh, whenever he was like, "Hey, kill me," uh, from Vader, and I think his standoffishness uh, and his um, kind of like violent impulses earlier in Bastards. Uh, is a byproduct of his time with the Inquisitorious. It's not just like a – it's not just a trauma response. It's not just him being like kind of a hard ass uh, and the fact that, you know, when we started Ionized Bastards, Fabian was – but uh, not not to make this whole back half of the podcast about fucking Ionized Bastards. <laughs> the thing that was funny – and again, it's – I I I cannot credit Michael enough for it. And it's why I think I, – it's, it's why I always tell people I really hope – you know, the, our, 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 loyal teen app, you know, listeners and viewers check out Ionized bastards is because when Michael and I started creating faith in the joke was green goblin with a lightsaber. <laughs> the, like, like the joke was, he's, he's a violent fucking sociopath. Like, like, and I, and I was like, you know, my whole idea was, he was going to be like this, 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 this parody and pastiche of, you know, like, dude bro self inserts and you know he he was just going to be over the top you know and i was like he's an ex-inquisitor because it's like as close as i can get the star killer and (laughs) um uh you know but i'm like but even though he's this like over the top self insert he's gay oh like it it was just I, i was just like trying to like I was like oh yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be so like like it's, it's he's gonna be he's going to be badass to a silly degree <clears throat> pardon me and he michael accident we all collaboratively but michael especially ended up creating like a very very star warsy story Where about three episodes in i was like i think fabian wants to be a good person you know we're like you live in the character for a little bit and i'm like he's not green goblin with a lightsaber (laughs) he's he he wants to be a hero he's a sweet boy he wants to he wants to be a hero he went like like he wants to be heroic and i like that like he he started to change as a character and you know the whole the whole he was an ex-inquisitor thing went from cool set dressing that I wanted to see if it would be revealed naturally or not became like, this is why he is the way he is. Like he, he lost everybody and then he found a group of Jedi that he became attached to and was able to hide out with. They were killed in front of him, you know, in what felt like senseless and random violence. He Hmm. gets, you know, he gets broken into the inquisitor's, you know tries tries to be a decent man one time within that apparatus is nearly killed for it and then becomes this like you know mercenary prize fighter piece of shit mm-hmm. um watch ionized bastards it's my favorite star wars story. obviously
1: i need to after this because i'm kind of getting into the story the more you talk about it. i don't remember what our question was but uh I'll it was the good question was
0: uh how does this book influence your thoughts and story of Fabin? uh and then and i do recommend it because not only do you get like all of that drama with favin you then get uh dan miller of Broaxium playing a kleptomaniac vagrant cyborg gungan
1: oh named
0: zuzo yort
1: i miss the gungans
0: you get jerry the cannon junkie of the bombad cast uh playing a uh teddy bear trapped in the body of an hk assassin droid
1: oh i love jerry
0: and you get uh, the arguably everybody's favorite character from Ionized Bastards, Alden Diaz of Octo Radio, uh, playing a character named Thabor Sheems, who is basically Saul Goodman if he was an ithorian. <laughs>
1: I love this. Ha-
0: ha- yeah, ha- Hammerhead Saul Goodman. Um, it's great. Uh, but anyway, uh, go watch Ionized Bastards. Uh, the, uh, the the back half of the question is what headcanons about the Inquisitorius changed for you, which I will uh, give you the floor on because I have not shut the fuck up about Ionized Bastards for like 30 minutes now. I guess just more
1: of the thing with the Inquisitorius was I felt like they were people who uh, most of them chose this where i i mean yes was the scat given a choice as we learned yeah she was given a choice but like we talked about she was kind of groomed for this choice yeah and and the way that i took it was more or the way like in my head was more these people like they chose they wanted to be they were angry with the jedi already just because they became disillusioned with the order because the order lost their way whatever but now i've realized it's more of a they weren't given what they needed. Most of them weren't given what they needed. So the ones that did choose to be a part of the Inquisitorius, like they only did it because they weren't given the tools that they needed to really succeed. And they just preyed upon their trauma and their hurt, which like, yeah, I guess like, I know not all the Inquisitors were like that, but I guess I thought more of them were and more of them it was more of a choice rather than like this backhanded choice or something presented as a choice when it was really we're just preying upon like you're hurt
0: i'm very curious like again i want i want star wars inquisitor to become like a mini franchise give us a game like you fucking hey, give us a game i'll 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 happily just take another book but if you want to give us a game i'll take a game yeah i mean i'll Um, take both but yeah i'll I'll happily yes (laughs) Why not both? A tie-in um, in book. A tie-in book <laughs> for the game. I've always wondered, like, because, you know, the Clone Wars sets up the Citadel, you know, which is, like, this, you know, almost... Oh, yeah. like Like, very, Jedi very, prison. very, very Azkaban for Jedi who lose their shit, right? Yeah. And I've always wondered, like, how many Jedi got plucked out of the Citadel for the Inquisitorians?
1: Ooh. You know, that's, like, that's somebody, like,
0: somebody, like, Seventh Sister, like... You know, and I'm and I'm not one to make Harry Potter Harry Potter comparisons these days, obviously. But like, you could very much just make her into Dark, like Star Wars Bellatrix Lestrange. Like, it would not be difficult to just be like, yeah, she was batshit crazy, and they they, and the Jedi put her in crazy fucking Jedi jail, and then the Emperor was like, I want everybody. Who's there? <laughs> He's like, ooh,
1: them. I want them. them I want ones.
0: these crazy fucks. I want these fucking Looney Tunes. You know, yeah. I like, like, I think Seventh Sister could probably be a decent candidate there. I think you could make an argument for um, Ninth Sister, who like Fifth Brother, maybe Fifth Brother, maybe Fifth Brother. Part of me, like, part of me just really likes the idea that Fifth Brother was like a good Jedi who just got shattered. I don't know why I really and now he's just grumpy. And now he now he's just this grumpy uh like shithead. Um I mean, Proset Dibs we know gets arrested. So yeah. like he's at, le- at yeah. least at least we that, you know, dimes to donuts at least one of the inquisitors is definitely plucked from the citadel.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I'm sure there weren't that many people in the citadel to begin with. Like,
0: you know what I mean? Yeah but yeah there's that one um duh, 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 duh. oh and i will say just
1: because this is my new thing i've decided that i want sarah michelle geller to play um her inquisitor in live action
0: that's what i'm I want down now. for that that's I'm what i want that. now and she could do it she could totally do it she could totally do it uh you don't get you
1: started i was gonna say you mentioned buffy earlier so it's like
0: Bring it around town. Listen, Alden and I are trying to uh, will into existence. David Boreanaz playing Batman in the new oh, DC CU. That would be interesting. He, literally, literally, it's the same fucking character. Like it's just, uh, like 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 grown up Angel. Like Angel in his own show by like season three or four. Yeah. Is just Batman. That's, I think it could work. I I'm just it saying. Work. I'm just saying. So, Eli from Star Wars in a Galaxy and our commissioner over at Epic Confrontations asks if the goons were Sith Lords, what would their Darth names be? Uh, because Eli is insistent on us exposing the membership of our group chat. Um, <laughs> So, I as he did this for the last episode of uh KNR. Now, I am not a talented enough writer to come up with like seven odd Darth names. So, what I am gonna do for you, I'm gonna give you Sith Lords pre existing Sith Lords. Okay, Scotty J. wrote Darth Plagueis, he's a scientist at his core, Scotty's a science teacher. Um, I think there is a, a a philosophical fascination with just the concept of what can you do with the force. I think that fits Scotty uh, in that way. Alden Diaz is Exar Kun, uh, based uh, sheerly on ego. Um, I uh, but no, I, 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 Alden, Alden is the Exar Kun there. Uh, yeah, much, of love Exar, for Alden. much love for Alden uh, speaking of Exar Kun I see Jerry as like an Ulit Keldroma I think Jerry could at best have like a six month stint as a Sith before going yeah isn't it for me <laughs> um, duh, 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 duh. Bill Sheehy Sheehy's got that Dooku in him I think I, I see Bill as like you know uh, Path to Hell is paved with good intentions Trey 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 Mitchell is the emperor um, <laughs> that is just wanton carnage constant constant he's a bad man um trying to think I need to see. talk to
1: y'all more I want a comparison
0: Connor <laughs> Connor uh <laughs> oh gosh I want to just say Inquisitor Jarek from Legends because he's blind. Um not,
1: not Inquisitor Jarek.
0: Yeah, you're getting Jarek because no eyes. Um <laughs> I, you know what? No, no, you're 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 a you're a gender bent Treya. Cause Connor Connor does this thing where he will get like abruptly angry at the concept of religion. Which is just really funny. Like that out of
1: very that's very Treya, though. It's very
0: Treya. It's like I literally want to destroy the Force. So Connor Connor Shakiti is a gender bent Darth Treya. Um so me. Uh I mean I'll be vain and say Vader. Uh <laughs> think my about your
1: think about your worst qualities and who they relate to.
0: Yeah, it's going to be like a Vader or a Kylo. It's very, it very much that like, it's it's very much that kind of like, you know, uh, I, I, you know, no, 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 I did always, as a kid, you know, I was, you know, especially in my teen years, it's like an ang- angsty, edgy little baby. Um, you so know. Kylo, so Kylo. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was very much like, like, listen, I, I was in, I ran with a group of theater kids that, no, you. That, <laughs> that lionized and put on a pedestal everybody in my friend group except for me. Oh. Maybe and, we should unpack that. And I I and I developed the complex because of it. There is no two ways about that.
1: Um, oh, that does feel very very Anakin.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I They're holding the, me back you're holding yeah yeah there was very much that there, 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 there was some resentment there and all you know all, all that is like water in the bridge and has been talked about as fucking adults um but yeah no that that very you know i that, that please notice me please you know validate me uh mindset i think is the kind of thing that like leads to the creation of both vader and kylo ren yeah. in many ways uh, and I think it's why I related to them and love them so much as characters, is that like I I could I, I I could see myself in them. Um and the other part of why I love Kylo so much is because Darth Vader is my favorite Star Wars character. That's that's always been the thing. Kylo Ren is my favorite Star Wars character because Darth Vader is my favorite Star Wars character. Um so yeah, probably uh I and I know we're stretching the the Darth or Sith title here to Kylo and Jarek. Um but yeah somewhere somewhere in there somewhere in there um i i also i i could i could i could also skew a little mall um
1: oh. raw anger
0: y- yeah yeah some of that and also just like i refuse to take the L hence Alden, myself, and the other Scotties—you know—very uh, loud public trivia rivalries. Yeah. Of, you know, they, they, they are—they, they have beaten me, and I will not accept it. Um. So you know, cut to me, just kind of like hopping with no legs towards them for another rematch. Oh my God. Uh, <laughs> uh, see, I think you can make an argument for a little bit of Maul there, but I, I, I think. I, I, I would like to think that at my worst, I have like a Vader or a Kylo in me, but I would like to think that at my best, I have Anakin Skywalker and Ben Solo in me, if that makes sense. I would, I would like to think that, you know, my my I, I relate to them because I see myself in, I see the best of myself in their best and the worst of myself in their worst. Um, but yeah, but, and that is because I'm not creative enough to come up with a bunch of Darth names.
1: I mean, in all honesty, like, Darth, or, like, Dark Side names are really just, they're mostly adjectives that have, like, a little something special at the end. So, like, you just think of some adjectives.
0: Yeah. Alden is, uh, Darth Egoist.
1: Literally, that's, that's a Sith name, though.
0: He's going to watch this and motherfuck me and it's going to be so funny. Uh, anyway, <laughs> um, I think that's all we have for you guys. Uh, Scotty, again, where can the lovely people find you and what you do, my friend?
1: You can find me in all the fun things I do on YouTube, Twitter, X, uh, Blue Sky, Threads, TikTok, Instagram, at Scotty Holiday SW. And I'm also on podcast This Is The Way Seekers every other Friday talking about Star Wars stuff.
0: We're all Star Wars people. We're just going to continue to talk about it together. And it's great. Until the heat death of the universe, we will be talking about Space Wizards.
1: Yeah, pretty much.
0: That is uh, unavoidable. Uh, Yeah, well, I am going to throw to future Jared to take care of all the housekeeping stuff at the end here. Uh, So, yeah. And that is all. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. It was a lovely conversation about one of my, uh, about, about a, a an instant classic Star Wars novel. Um, I absolutely loved it. Uh, thank you again to Scotty. Check them out where uh, all of their social media, their link tree will be in the episode notes for you to go ahead and follow them everywhere. Um, also, they have a new rule. I cannot have a pen around me because this is the pen that was inside of my book that uh disappears when I hold it up because it's it's a cute little it's a cute little uh Grogu notebook my girlfriend got me and I decided I was gonna start taking notes uh on pen and paper and you guys literally can't see it because it is the perfect shade of green to blend in on the green screen. And it is so funny. I feel like I'm doing a magic trick right now. Uh, but my pen was still in the book so I was fiddling with the pen the entire episode and I've learned I can't have a pen near me because I'm just going to Click it a whole fucking time. Anyway, thank you guys so much for watching. Check out everything Scotty does. Check out uh, This is the Wayseeker. Check out their stream. Check out their YouTube channel. All of that stuff. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram and threads at Jedi 2552 And you can find the Nerd Academy Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and on our website, www.thenerdacademypodcast.com, where if you're feeling generous, you can donate to our Patreon. give me a dollar! Speaking of our patrons, thank you to our ten dollar alumnus, Keandre Lloyd oh.
1: Colin Povilon.
0: Sir. Oh good. And to friend of the show, Elix Jones. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Hey! the front lines of the information war it's alex jones and to ten dollar patron and alumnus ray clausen who asks you to donate to equality texas the charity that is taking care of kids in the lone star state protecting them from the draconian anti-queer laws uh, down in Texas, so go ahead and donate to Equality Texas if you're able to. Uh, like I said at the top of the show, not quite sure what next week is going to look like for the channel. Uh, so you know, obviously, keep your eyes pe- or keep your eyes peeled, uh-huh. uh, keep your eyes peeled, keep your ears open on uh, our social media. Um, also, I keep forgetting to plug this, but I'm trying to get better about it. Y'all know we have merch, right? Click on that student store link. Get some of those shirts. Get a TNAP shirt. You'll look so fresh, so clean. Um, My favorite one is the one that has the TNAP shield crest. Like what, right here? That. You can get that. It'll have that on the back. Well, it'll have the logo on the back, right? And then that shield crest right here in the middle. Uh, it'll have that, like kind of like like a like a breast pocket type thing with the, with the full logo on the back. It looks so cool. And then like it's not it's not the blue on blue version; it's a blue and orange version. It's I, it's my favorite shirt we have. Um, if you guys make make some commotion in the comments, if you guys will buy Cookie Cop merch, I will finally pull the trigger and get Cookie Cop merch made. Um, That is my promise. That is my promise. If, 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 you know what? You know what? Here's my, I'm going to make a deal. I'm going to make a deal. End of the episode deal. For those of you who make it all the way to the end, here's what's going to happen. If y'all help get this channel monetized by October, Cookie Cop merch. Cookie Cop merch will happen. Help push us over the over the finish line to monetization. Let big cookie cop happen. We need watch time and we need the subs. You need to get the 500 subs. And I think we need like a thousand more time and watch hours. So share this with your friends. Share the show. Let them know if they need a new connect for entertainment news and conversation to come to the Nerd Academy. Open enrollment, baby. But yeah, Patreon, $5 tier, Heroic History 101, Knights of the Nerd Republic Versus Series, $10 shout-out, or $10 tier gets a shout-out every episode. So come on. Come on over. Anyway, thank you guys so much for watching. <laughs> the, my sales pitch is a hard pivot into uh, just thank you guys. Thank you. We're honored that you have joined us. And may the Force be with you, always.
1: Stop! Come away! cookie jar.